We got the good honorable brother here, Tristan Walker. What up, from Tristan Walker and Co., the CEO of Bevel, the face, the you're a lot of shit. I'm trying to be, man. Congratulations, <laughs> man. Congrats. We also here with the good lady, Danny Mop. Hi. How you doing, Danny? I'm great. I'm very happy to be here. I've said that several times, and I mean it more every time. <laughs> <laughs> Danny's co-hosting with me today. She's a great person. You're gonna love her. She's crazy. She's witty. She doesn't use drugs. But no. It's cool. <laughs> you know, whatever. But um, <laughs> Tristan Walker, man, what's going on, man? Man, I'm chilling, man. I'm out here in New York trying to, you know, meet up with my team. We we got an office out uh, Bay Area in New York, so you got to catch up with them every now and then, see how everything's going. Yeah. Yeah. Do some press and all that, you know. Yeah, 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 I see you're the press OG right now. I'm man. trying, man. You trying to get like, my face out there. like a black Trump out here. That's like an insult, right, Paul? Let me take that back. I'll take that back. Let me Indian give that one. <laughs> but Tristan, man, you was born in Queens. How yeah. was how was that for you? Yeah, man, it's crazy. So I was born and raised Southside Jamaica, Queens, 40 Projects, uh, until I was like six. Mm-hmm. I moved out to Flushing, Queens when I was six. Latimer Projects, my family's still there, man. I, I like mm-hmm. to tell people I had that whole rose that grew from concrete story. Yeah. You know what I mean, man? Like, it's cool, hard knocks, welfare, projects, all that stuff. And I was like, man, A lot I can't. of sugar in the Kool-Aid? Uh, lots of it. Lots of it? <laughs> lots yeah. of it. You know, red. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Gotta be red. <laughs> red drink. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Um, but I, I knew I wanted to get out of it, man. And I, I realized when I was young, you know, I never forget this moment. You know, I told my brother I had one goal in life, and that was to get as wealthy as possible as quickly as possible. You mm-hmm. know, I knew I didn't want my family to go through that, uh, and I had my eye on the prize, man. And kind of the rest is history at that point. You're you're a fucking inspiration. I'm trying, man. You know, I'm Tristan just trying to Walker do the good work. He's <laughs> an inspiration, man. Like when I really like was just reading up on him. And stuff like that the last couple of I'm like, damn, man, I fucking love this dude, man. Like, <laughs> I appreciate the support, man. Like it's it's um it's been a blessing. Uh and I'm I'm just thankful, man. I'm just trying to do the good work. Your father died when you was young. Yeah, he was the, killed. He was the, killed when I was three years old. When um, you was three? Yeah, and it's funny, I um I still to this day don't know why. <laughs> and I never asked my mother and I told her I never wanted to know. And yeah. I always got like this this intuition about it that it was something drug related but like i just never wanted to know because yeah. i loved him so much but yeah man it was you remember things about him i, I only remember the fact that i loved him so much and what he looked like yeah. <laughs> right i mean i was three three four years old yeah. so i can't like i can't recall too much mm-hmm. um but i do remember having like such a such a big impact on me you know yeah. being raised without a father and all that. yeah yeah you think that do you do you think that really that affected your growth oh everything man like my mother she is you know, the oldest of the og yeah <laughs> yeah um, you know, she had three kids. Um, you know, I'm the first person to kind of graduate college in my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she saw me. She was like, Tristan, you're not going to be the one. You know? mm-hmm. um, so she was the one to keep me inside every day. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the one who put me on the books. Uh, she was the one like, you're going to prep school. She's the one you're going to, you know, do well in college. Right. You're going to make yourself. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. man. That woman is, is everything. That is amazing. Can yeah, we just give it up dope. for moms? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that that's a mom. I want to hug your moms. I want to hug your mother now. <laughs> she's a dope. Because that, that, that's always beautiful, like, to see, especially, like, you know, South South Jamaica Queen. You're 32 years old, right? 31. 31? Yeah. You're 31 years old. You're CEO of your yeah. own company. Yeah. Of a good company that just got a, a, a deal with Target, Yes, correct? sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Dudes, y'all are getting deals with talk yeah we're trying man you know we've only been out for like 18 months man so yeah. like when i talk about blessing like i mean it man. like i really really do mean it you know a lot of people who believe in us now i just can't let them down man i just gotta what was the up. what was the whole idea like how did you what made you ever get into the razor business yeah yeah that's a good question so so i moved it all starts in 2008 you know so i moved out from uh, new york with my wife uh to palo alto to go to stanford for business school mm-hmm. right i was 24 and at that time, I realized that Silicon Valley existed. Like, I had no idea it was a place, right? I just thought it was a place they made semiconductors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I got out there. So another 24-year-old is not only making millions of dollars, but fundamentally changing the world, right? And going back to that point about, like, wanting to get as wealthy as possible, as quickly as possible, I was like, this is it, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, if these guys can do it, I can figure it out myself. So that first year in business school, also worked full-time at Twitter when there were, like, 20 people at the company. Mm-hmm. In between my first and second year of business school, joined a small company at the time called Foursquare as one of its first employees, yeah. ran business development for them for three years. And at the end of that time, I was like, you know what? I need to go out and do this myself. 
Like there are other ambitious things that need to get built. Uh, and I had the good fortune to work at a venture capital firm as an entrepreneur in residence. And and what that meant was... Yeah, I was about to say, what yeah, exactly is that? They just paid me money to think of ideas every day, right? Wow. Which is great, right? And one of the... That's a dream I job. needed it. I needed dream. it. I have a lot yeah, of ideas. It was amazing. <laughs> I would love it was amazing. someone wow. to come and check. But the thing is, though, you get nine months, but you got to figure something out or else you just asked out okay. at the end of the nine months, right? So my, my journey was, you know, I started and I spent seven months of my time there wasting their time. Right. And what I mean by that is, you know, I wanted to build a bank. I wanted to fix childhood obesity. I spent four months working an idea to fix freight and trucking in the country. Mm. Only be like, I don't know shit about that. <laughs> right. Like I yeah, wanted yeah. I felt like if I was going to dedicate the next like 40 years of my life to anything, I wanted to feel like I was going to be the best person in the world to solve that problem. Yeah. Uh, and one of my mentors out there is a gentleman. His name is Ben Horowitz of Andreessen Horowitz. Right. And you always be like, Tristan, what's the one thing that you believe? that few people in Silicon Valley believe or understand, right? And for me, I had two. Um, the first belief is this idea about culture, right? And it's a big reason why we support y'all, because it's mm -hmm. important. You know, I have this fundamental belief that all global culture is led by American culture, which is led by black culture in the U.S., right? Mm -hmm. You think food, music, dance, et cetera. And a big frustration of mine was living in the earliest adopted region in the world. You think about Silicon Valley and tech. Yeah. And it doesn't know anything about the earliest adopting culture, right? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, and the second view of the world that I had um, pertained to health and beauty companies, right? You know, I'm 31, always have that experience of going to some aisle at Dwayne Reed, right? It's like aisle 37, and there's some placards, like ethnic aisle, right? <laughs> yeah. Then you go all the way to the back, uh, and then there's like the shelf in the back. And you got to reach to the bottom of that shelf and that package that you're trying to get uh, of like some shave cream that smells like crap. Anyway, uh, on it is like a dirty package. Mm -hmm. And there's a photo of like a bald dude like drinking a cognac, right? Like petting an alligator on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, like that whole that whole experience is stupid. Yeah, especially it's true. Though. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> they got a right? silk shirt on. Dude, exactly. Exactly, with jerry curls and all that. Mm -hmm. And the, the crazy thing, I reflected back on it, I was like, this stuff has not changed my entire life. Mm -hmm. And these guys are making a lot of money, <laughs> right? And I was like, I got to fix it. And oh. so I put those two views of the world together, and, and Walker Company was born out of that. Walker Company. What exactly is Walker Company? Yeah, so at Walker Company, we, we like to say we exist to make health and beauty simple mm -hmm. uh, for people of color, right? You know, every single product that I use, shave products, skin products, uh, my wife, cosmetics, hair, all that stuff, you never have products that work, right? And that's a, pro that's a fundamental problem given how much we spend on this stuff. So I was like, I'm going to fix it. Uh, so this first brand that we launched is a brand called Bevel. Um, you know, shout out to sponsorships. Uh, <laughs> shout out Bevel. to Bevel. <laughs> no Bevel. doubt. Shout out to Bevel so for parent. Sponsors this show all day. Bevel, okay. Bevel's OG sponsor of this show. Wow. Bevel was the my first sponsor ever. Got in on the ground floor on this show. Okay, so yeah, we yeah, definitely love Bevel. Yeah, we yeah. Ride, we ride for and sex. Bevel really worked, and it's some fly shit. So yeah. you know, that is smart. That's such a good idea. If that's your, if that was your experience, and you saw there was just huge lack in the yeah. marketplace, I've seen enough Shark Tank. To yeah, yeah, there like. you go. Yeah. There you go. That's right. Yeah, that's that was right. like Shark Tank by itself. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah. It's a need. It's a need. And, like, we just wanted to fill that need. Uh, and I wanted to start with something that, like, hasn't gone soft for 100 years, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, like, inspiring confidence in a man's life. Like, not mm -hmm. having crazy stuff on your face, mm -hmm. right? When I was on Wall Street, i never forget this experience. Uh, so I was an intern. I was a trader on Wall Street, right? And, like, that first day, they walk you up to the trading floor. And everybody's crazy type A, like, wanting to mock everybody. So you walk through these doors. Um, and these guys get up trying to like sun you, right? So he's like, yo, 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 you, you, like take that shit off your face. And I had like hair on my face, right? And I remember, <laughs> I remember being mortified, not only by the fact that like this dude was like an ass, um, but more thinking about like, what was I going to do? Cause like there were no other products that I could use. Yeah. Oh, and that's an experience nobody should ever share, you know? Um, so I wanted to fix that completely and bevel does that. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. I have a question. Like, you're like the flyest person. Uh, going back to the start of your story, yeah. you said you and your wife moved to Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. uh, were you married when you moved? I was married when I was 22 years old. Okay. Um, I moved out when I was 24. So, yeah, we were married for two You've been married a while. I've been married for, yeah, a long time. We just had a kid about a year ago. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah, so I'm I'm grown. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, you're yeah, a grown ass man. Nah, but, but my, that's my how you know man. you're from Queens. All the dudes from Queens get married what when are they're you 22. Talking about? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, he's just mad. To me, it was a Silicon Valley thing. I feel like nah. everyone there is an adult. Everyone there has got their life together. They have these amazing jobs. Like Silicon Valley is like a real neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm about yeah. to move there. I know. Yo, no, I you always like listen. <laughs> yo, I because I I watch CNN a lot. Yeah. I always heard of Silicon Valley. Right. I just never knew what the fuck it was. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's just... I like, didn't know if it was a neighborhood or it was a place where they just did specific type of business. <laughs> like, I didn't know what it it's was. Kinda, it's kind of all of it. It's kind of all of it. It's not New York. I'll tell you that much. No. Yeah. So is it it's a good place to young, move? They don't know they're hot, but hot people with disposable income, very smart. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing about Silicon Valley. Outsider. I, I've been thinking about this for like seven years, and I think I figured it out, right? Yeah. So so my wife and I are very happy. We live in Palo Alto. And when, when I tell people I'm from Queens, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, who's Palo Alto? Uh, and I, I tell them it's the only zip code I've ever lived in in my entire life, right? Where no one underestimates anybody else. Mm. And what I mean by that is, you know, we have this main street uh, called University Avenue, right? Right off Stanford. And you could be walking down the street with ripped jeans and a dirty T-shirt and still be worth $2 billion. Right. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for my son, you know, black son, right, Palo Alto, I want him to kind of grow up in a world where he's not underestimated. Wow. Like, think about how free in that shit. Right. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. true. I, I take that very, very seriously. So I, I'm thankful for the opportunity, and, and definitely look forward to my son going through that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that. That's the f- look like shit today. Yeah, like, he might be worth two hundred million. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's fly. Yeah, man, it's it's perspective, man. And yeah, I, I'm thankful. You know, I got a supporting wife, supporting family. Uh, love my kid to death, man. I'm happy. Oh yeah, I'm real happy. Right? I mean, you're living the dream. I'm man. As we got Are you want to move to Silicon Valley? What is the rent like? What is the rent it's in Silicon expensive. Valley? It's the most expensive place in in the country. In the country? Yeah, it's funny. I was oh, so I was I, I was. Can't move there. <laughs> yeah. Is there any homeless people out there? Like? Yeah, man, it's it's yeah, crazy it's homelessness. It's terrible. Yeah, man. San Francisco. Yeah, especially. No, I'm talking really about in Silicon Valley. Yeah, like so. Yeah. So Silicon Valley is like San Francisco, Palo Alto, Mountain View, like that whole oh, kind right. of like situation. And it's more like an ethos out there. Um, and I remember reading one article that had the top 10, like, rents in the country, and I think Silicon Valley had, like, six cities in it, oh, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, it's wow. crazy. It's, yeah. it's absurd. Like, you can find, like, a one-bedroom out there for, like, four Gs. Uh-huh. Oh. Probably more than that. Yeah, it's crazy. That's average. And it's just going higher and higher. <laughs> higher and higher. everyone's moving there, like, all these smart, young. Yeah. And the problem yeah. is... these smart, young? Like, <laughs> I know. Like, Jesus. Well, the, the thing is, everybody, like, it's different from, like, Wall Street, right? Like, it wasn't until I got to Silicon Valley How that... How was your Wall Street experience? It sucks. I hated exactly. it. I hated it. Hated How it. How long did you work there? I was there for... Well, so, I did all of my internships in college there, and uh-huh. I loved it then, right? Because okay. they wine, dine you, you oh, know, yeah. take you out work to, like... Work hard, play hard. Take you to, what's that, Sparks, a steakhouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the minute you turn full-time, that's it. It's like, oh, yo, party's over. wolves, you know? <laughs> um, so, you know, my, my big thing on Wall Street was, you know, I was the victim of bad culture, right? And I was like, damn, like, I want to create great cultures. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't do this. Uh, and it took me to work on Wall Street to realize how bad of an employee I was. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, mm. I'm just like, I, I don't take um, being told what to do very well, um, especially if I think I could do things better than certain people too. Like that's frustrating. That irks me. Okay. And on Wall Street, you can get a lot of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so after a year and a half, I was like, I'm out, and I want to get as far away from it literally as possible. I was like, Atlantic Ocean, Pacific Ocean, Stanford, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> right. I imagine having a shitty boss on Wall Street yeah. is the shittiest boss you can yeah. have. Yeah. <laughs> Just because yeah. they're yeah, so right? high on their own. Well, my thing was on their own. Masculine ego, you know? <laughs> yeah, my, my boss, might I mean, be high on something else. He <laughs> yeah. was like, he was like if five Wall three. Street says anything, yeah. <laughs> this dude was like five three trying to tell me what to do. Like, he had this Napoleon complex. Oh. I was like, man, I, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, that's I can't us. do it. All of <laughs> yeah. us is five three. Yeah. <laughs> We're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> this dude. <laughs> nah, but, um, Wall Street. So, what 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 came to the point? What made you get to the point where you was like, "Yo, I'm out of Wall Street. I'm leaving this. I want nothing to do with it." You know what's going on, man? Uh, the 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 thing that had the biggest impact on me. So, uh, I finally found a boss that I liked, right? Uh-huh. Uh, that I left my last company for. Um, and you know, he and I were working. He was one of the most senior like black men in the whole firm. He'd been there for 15 years, like legit. Like came to my wedding. Like loved that dude. Uh, it was the summer of, I think, 2007, and the firm got new management. 
right? So folks came from Europe to run the, the business and they just tapped them on the shoulder. It was like, you got to go, right? No other reason other than the fact that they just add new managers. And I was like, you could be that expendable, yeah, right? Like you've been here 15 years. Yeah. Dude drove like a Lambo, like, like he oh, no. paid, like he paid his dues. Yeah. And then one day they were like, you got to go. And I was like, if they could do that to him, they sure as hell could do that shit to me. Yeah. And I was like, I'm writing my destiny and I'm not going to let that happen to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was depressing. Right. Cause he, he did his, he had two kids, like loving wife. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he had a life. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to let that happen. Did you keep in touch with him? Like, where? Yeah, I now? still talk to him. I mean, oh, yeah. he's 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 cool now. Like, he's a COL somewhere. Like, he's okay, good. good. He's, right? he's all right. And, and at that point, like, you have so much money and wealth accumulation that it's not an issue. For me, uh-huh. it was more a function of pride, mm-hmm. and it was like to have somebody come to me and do that to me, like, is sapping at my pride. And it's like yeah. I'm not cool with that. You know, wealth that's crazy accumulation. Yeah. <laughs> How was it? Um, being a uh one of the early employees at Twitter. It's crazy. Um, so I, I was very fortunate, man. Like I, um, so I, as I said, there's 20 people at the company. This was, I think they had like, they had less than a million users at the time. Uh, and it was still at a time where people were like, what is Twitter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And now in hindsight, people are like, all right, good decision. Good decision. Oh, yeah. Um, so when I moved out to the Bay, I said, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. I want to work at the best with the best and brightest minds. And, you know, I want to get this on my resume full stop. And it was at a time, again, when like nobody was really feeling tech that much. Right. So it was easier for me to get in. That said, I still had to speak to like 20 different people to try and get in. Uh, And the last person I spoke to was another venture capitalist. And he asked me two questions. He said, number one, are you willing to work for free for a little bit, like in an intern capacity? I was like, yeah. He's like, two, do you have any good ideas for them? So I told him my ideas. Uh, And a couple of days later, he forwarded the resume to the CEO. Uh, A couple of days after that, I got an interview with the head of business over there. And then about a week later, I was interned for them for about six, seven months. Um, so it was great, man. Like, you know, when you talk about blessing, like I couldn't have asked for any better start of my career. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Uh, especially coming from Wall Street with no experience in this stuff, right? Like I'm, man. It's such so you a just good jumped from yeah. Wall Street straight into tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, business school provided that buffer for me, right? Because I still had no idea what it meant, right? Like, what is this tech Silicon Valley thing? Like, yeah. what is like? How are you 23 years old and worth hundreds of millions of dollars? Like, it had a crazy... Now, this is someone... You know, I went to prep school, boarding school for high school, right? And I was going to school with Rockefellers and Fords and, like, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I see kids this young, like, making it on their own this successfully, like, this new money. Yeah. It was impressive to me, man. And I knew I wanted to learn that. I had to. Creating a whole new, like, family tree of wealth. <laughs> yeah, man. It's... it's... <sighs> I can't get into that. Man. What do you think of Twitter's <laughs> new features? Do you like the heart? Uh, I do, actually. I've been advocating that for a minute. <laughs> oh, for yeah? a minute. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I'm a big fan of, of Jax over there, right? Like, he and I speak every so often. Uh-huh. Uh, he is the guy for the company. Uh, he is the founder, man. Like, he's going to do some great things for that company. Yeah. I'm big on Jax. Honestly, I Shout think the polls need Jack. work. Hmm? The polls on Twitter need work. I oh yeah, like the polls definitely could be improved. <laughs> they need some work. Yeah, yeah they definitely got to be any polls. Yeah. No, I did a couple polls. What, what oh, polls? Yeah. Polls for like, what polls you did? I did polls for two <laughs> what's, days. What's straight. the most recent poll you did? Uh, I don't even want. It's the most disrespectful <laughs> poll. Yeah, I don't know oh, what it I was. I saw them already. So not on my account. I hope. <laughs> not on this show. Not, <laughs> not today. We can't speak about Ass that. Ask tax. Nah, but it, it, it's cool, man. It's cool. Have you have you hung out with Chameleon in Silicon Valley? Yeah, that's the homie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's um because he he's in this whole tech game right now. He's out in L.A. Um, so my biggest venture, well, my first venture capital uh, investment, he's he was an entrepreneur in residence with that same venture capital firm. Mm-hmm. So he's doing his thing. I think he had just left as an entrepreneur in residence to go start his own thing. So I'm probably gonna catch up with him sometime this week. I gotta fly out to L.A. this week. See how you doing? All right. Yeah. yeah. I'm a, I gotta come out there, man. I'm a, you know what? I'm gonna join the We Should Be Here. Yeah. I'm gonna join We Should Be Here. What is called? What's the other one called? <laughs> You're welcome out, man. Yo, what's the other one called? We Should Be Here. Nah, I forgot. <laughs> they be what's lying. We be here? Yo, you never see the people on Instagram and places they holding the sign and they say, oh. You Should Be Here. <laughs> yeah. This thing okay. all the craziest mind, man. They all get promised the BMW. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody got a BMW. <laughs> oh man, yo! Shout silly. out to we should be. Here. I, always, I shout think about out y'all. To we should be. Here. I think about y'all every couple of months. It's just oh like, man, it's like so funny. You know what I mean? 
Oh, man. Did anybody slide into your DMs in your early days on Twitter? <laughs> I, would lo- I have a request if you still talk to Jack. I would love to get um, a blue check mark. So if you could slide into some DMs on my behalf. A blue check mark for what? Verified. Oh. Danny Mop wants to be verified. To be verified. <laughs> Someone's trying to take your account? No, I just want the blue check. Oh, you just want that vanity. Because that, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. The blue check lights up everyone's screen, no matter what they do. Oh, well, I can see what I can do. All right. Which means nothing. All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nobody was, I mean, so look, look, I, I moved out to Silicon Valley, man. Nobody knew who the hell I was, man. A lot of people still have no idea who the hell I am. Yeah. Uh, they gonna know now Silicon Valley fucks with me nah, Yo I got some dude To be hit me from Silicon Valley Now that I think about it That's what he, that's what he put In his first Snapchat He just be smoking Mad dumb weed And shit out of weird, weird shit like, He probably gonna hit me up After this Like bro that's me <laughs> Nah man I mean I try I try as much as I can man To just you know Whenever anyone does reach out Like you know Try and be helpful man Like you know I'm so thankful For all the help I've got Man I'm trying to Growing Push up in New York, up. how did you apply, like, you know, the lessons that you learn out here in, like, a rough city like New York into your, into your business? Oh, man, it's easy, man. Like, the one thing that I realized, and I was talking about this to a couple of friends the other day. When I moved out from New York to Silicon Valley, I, I fundamentally found out, like, what the difference between me and, like, um, and how they kind of interacted with the world was. Like, they're willing to ask why five times when I'm always willing to ask it six. You know what I'm saying? It's like always that like additional push mm-hmm. and that additional hustle always made me feel like I can outcompete them, right? And that's just like that New York grind. Yeah. Like I think Silicon Valley still doesn't have that yet, to be honest, right? I mean, you have incredibly smart people, um, but like it just doesn't have that just competition. You know what I'm right. saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think that's the thing that kind of got me all the opportunities I did. Like I'm so laser focused and that's the one thing about um, kind of growing up in New York, you had no choice but to be focused. Like you couldn't be distracted, right? Because someone is going to come out and eat your lunch, <laughs> right? Mm. Um, so I kind of take those principles out with me and try and build that for our business, uh, raising my family, among other things, man. And it's been working out for us pretty well. Being black, has it ever like affected anything in, um, in Silicon Valley? <laughs> has it affected anything? <laughs> yeah, hell of a lot. Um, I, here, here's how I describe... Um, Right. And whether it's Silicon Valley, Wall Street, just living life. Um, I believe it to be true. I actually love your thoughts on it. Um, I feel like anything that we do is potentially judged 2x in one direction. Right. You do something good. People think you did it two, three X better than you actually did it. More mm-hmm. than that. You do something bad. People think you did it two, three X worse than you actually did. And my lesson to everybody is just don't mess up. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say it like it sounds like facetious and like whatever, but it's true. Right. Like you can play that to your advantage a little bit to the extent that you need to, but you just got to continue to do good work. Right. And that stuff compounds on itself like as much as possible. I haven't had to deal with like any of that explicit racism stuff yet. Um, That's not to say that'll never come. The one thing I've had to deal with is like that implicit stuff. Right. So Uh this is like my wife and I, we we got a condo. Perfect example. (laughs) So we spoke to his mortgage broker. Right. And the mortgage broker, he had to fill out the application for us. Right. Because we didn't have time to do it. And I remember getting a packet (laughs) and, you know, you have this section race. Right. So it's like African-American, Caucasian, whatever. This dude filled out Caucasian for us. (laughs) Right. And that's only because I had spoken to him on the phone. Right. And he had never met me. So I guess he thought I sounded white or whatever. Ended up getting a good mortgage rate. But that's like (laughs) besides the point. But, like, you got to deal with that stuff all the time, like that implicit, implicit, implicit. Um, and, you know, it's just the hope that people, like, get over that shit. But, like, I haven't had to deal with any racist, racist stuff yet. Because everybody just got money. Well, I mean, it's not even that, man. I think just people have a different way, like a little bit more liberal way to think about the world out there. Yeah. You know, like, because you got to think people are fundamentally there to change the world, right? right? And make people's lives better. Now, I'm not saying that's like everybody, but, like, that's the ethos out there, right? And it's just different. Yeah. yeah. Do you think the one X in both directions thing? Two X. Oh, sorry, two X. Mess it up. Yeah. Um, do you think that's because there's less of a representation, so there's more pressure on the people who are there? I think it. I, that's not unique to Silicon Valley. That's everywhere. Right. That's everywhere. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think um, it's almost as if um, we always have to prove something. You know what I'm saying? And mm. the thing that I love so much about our culture is that in everything, like we pick that up and we kill it yeah. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. sports 
entertainment, yeah. even education, right? Mm-hmm. Silicon Valley, we're doing it right now. Like, I'm inspired by that, right? Yeah. Uh, and the more of us collectively, like, feel that and believe it, like, the greatness we can bring to this world, man, like, it's unbounded. You're such an inspiration, man. Yeah. I'm just sitting here dreaming right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am too, man. <laughs> your team is like your team is very diverse. Did yeah. you do that on purpose? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you got to look right. Like we're making products like for people of color, right? Uh, black, Latino, Asian. So for our entire company to be all white, that wouldn't make any sense, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, we got to be as authentic to our consumers as possible, right? And the way to do it is to have your employee base reflect the diversity of the consumers you're serving, right? Mm-hmm. We're majority minority, majority woman. Uh, in Silicon Valley, that's kind of unheard of, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah. And it's been that way at, since the beginning of the company. I mean, something that I definitely want to keep. That's that's fly. Yeah. So it's majority woman. Majority woman. That's yeah. fly. What, yeah. what made you do that? Yeah. Was it a choice or they were just qualified? I think it was a little bit of both, right? So, like, mm-hmm. we, we do some stuff where it's like, um, let's say that there's an open position. We want to make sure that we're definitely interviewing someone who's underrepresented, like, for that position, right? We want to give people the opportunity, right? And the big problem that a lot of folks have out there is that, like, they just say, hey, we want to hire the best. Of course, we want to hire the best, too. Um, but you got to put in some work to find the best who happen to be diverse. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like we're willing to put in that work. Yeah. Additionally, what we're working on is conducive for, like, those people to want to join our company. Right. I mean, the, the majority of people on my team are from the East Coast. Like, they've flown out to Palo Alto from New York, from Virginia, right? From St. Louis um, to come be a part of this, right? And that's the thing that I'm most proud of, right? Like people self-identify into this stuff because like there's no other option. Yeah. That's, that's, it's crazy. It's it crazy. 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 I always say that that companies are the best if you make them diverse because mm-hmm. I feel like the world is diverse. Yeah, yeah. So you get like more of an opinion from different that's views exactly of life right. things like that that's exactly and, right and the research man like the more diverse teams you have the greater profit you get like the research is there it's, that's it and i like research yeah. <laughs> right mm-hmm. did yeah. you guys ever see the round table of um hollywood showrunners writers Mm-mm. and it was lee daniels and then um i think like five white people and he asked them point blank he said how many people of color or women do you have in your writers rooms and he was like, my writer's room is entirely diverse. Like, oh, I can name yeah. you how many black people, how many Asian people, how many women. Yeah. And everyone, he went around and made them all say. And they're all like, one, yeah. two, one left last year. You know, mm-hmm. like, all of a little bit, like, embarrassed about it. But it was like, you're wa- you're watching the guy who has the number one show number on television. Number one show on yeah. television. The most popular. And I'm sure. <laughs> you might for... know what he's speaking about. Exactly. <laughs> and he's like, this is what I'm doing. Like, why aren't you guys doing this? Because yeah. it's like, not only is it the number one show, I think it's it's actually such a good show. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing, too, it's like, it's affecting everything, right? Mm-hmm. You got entertainment. You got the Lee Daniels. You got the Shonda Rhimes, right? You got the Tyler Perry's. You got all that stuff. In sports, you got the same folks. In business, you're starting to creep with like. Uh, kind of folks of color actually coming out and doing their thing, man. Like, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. excited. And they're pulling out, like, good product. Mm-hmm. It's good product. Like, it's a moment right yeah, now, except Tyler right? Perry. Yeah, it's a cool It's a moment. Except what? Except Tyler Perry. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Perry's his, dope. Hey, he's he's his dope. He's no, got I, his No, I, I, his, what he's accomplished? Yeah. Strong J. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me let me let me back him real quick because I I got to meet him and he yeah. says something that actually like changed my life, right? So I yeah, um, I want to hear this. Yeah. So after Foursquare, I interviewed him in fireside chats in three different cities: L.A., Atlanta, and Chicago, right? And he's an entrepreneur. Um, so we spoke to like these small business owners with Amex, uh, talking about what it's like to kind of live that entrepreneurial journey. Now, little people like do do they realize like Tyler Perry? He was homeless, right? He was living out of his car. Mm-hmm. Now he's like the highest paid dude in Hollywood. Like his story, absent of what you say, like about his movies and script, all that uh-huh. stuff. The dude is a business mind, like, oh, unlike no. nobody's business. Oh, for and sure. he, I'll never forget this moment. It was in L.A. and it was the Q and A session. It was one woman who raised her hand and she was like, "Mr. Perry, Mr. Perry, Mr. Perry, you have to go through all these different trials and tribulations." Like, how as an entrepreneur do you get back up and keep going? And what he said is still the most profound thing I heard in my entire life to this day. He said he realized his potential as an entrepreneur when he understood that the trials you go through and the blessings you receive are the exact same things. Right? Mm -hmm. Now, he said it, 
and like I paused for 30 seconds and it was like awkward because I was still trying to process it. And what he meant was those trials you go through are just lessons, right? Mm -hmm. And those lessons are blessings, right? And once you realize that, like it frees you up because a lot of entrepreneurs are just scared about being entrepreneurs, right? Like they don't necessarily always have the courage to do the things that people tell them not to do. Yeah. Right. But when you like strip that out of you and you're like, you know, things are going to happen. Right. Like we're going to go through shit when shit happens. Right. But the blessings are going to come at the same time. But yeah. all of it is just blessings altogether. Yeah. Man, no, that's, 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 that's a fact. Deep. That's a fact. Yeah, yeah. I think I probably th I think that's probably why I'm a little fearless about doing things because yeah. I realize that lessons are really actually blessings because yeah. it's like you learn from them and it's just you you shelf that now, yeah. you know, not to never do that. Like, yeah. you know, what I mean. It's just a, it's a good thing because with experience, you learn everything. Like, well, that's know? why I respect you so much, man, because, like, you can you can hear it, right? Like, and you can feel it, right? Like, you and you acknowledge when you make those mistakes and you're like, here's what I've done to fix them, right? Like, and I appreciate that. No, I always yeah. got to do that because, I, you know, sometimes, especially, like, you know, like how a rapper will rap about some crazy shit and then they'll do an interview later and then somebody will be like, well, you said that, you know, you, you shot him six times or whatever it might be. And they'll be like, yeah. well, you know what I meant was because, you know, I'm down at the center yeah. doing this for the yeah. kids. Yeah. Like, I try yeah. to, like, yeah. I, I don't want to glorify it in no sort of way. So I'll tell you what I did, but I'll, you know what I mean? i also explain to you what it is now. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. some people, like, and people sometimes attack me for admitting what I did before. And I'm like, yo, I'm telling you this yeah. is what I did. It's the truth. Yeah, yeah, no, it's the truth. I'm just, I'm just telling you the truth. Like, yeah. you asked. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. A lot of people just aren't ready to hear it. And That's it's hard. It's, it's yeah. hard because people don't want to hear the yeah. truth. Like, they hear the truth. They like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. No, you know the what truth mean? is the best. The alternative is lying. And then they're going to find out and they're going to shame you anyway. Exactly. So, <laughs> you might as well just come out with the truth. Yeah. That's, that's why I just, I, I have like, you know what it was growing up with that? not giving a fuck attitude it uh -huh. was cool to have but it it just wasn't for everything yeah. Yeah. you can apply it to a lot yeah like i don't give a fuck what nobody thinks you know what i mean it's almost like a celebrity like you see celebrities yeah. go crazy on social media when you know people attack them they'll go nuts oh yeah. like 50 cent today yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah 50 yeah, cent is also yeah. from yeah. south side yeah, yeah no do yeah. you know 50 uh, no. <laughs> no i don't you know nas though I do. Yeah, What's yeah, your I'm relationship with Nas? Out with him uh, Wednesday, actually. What's your relationship? Nas, with Nas is the man, man. It's funny how things come full circle, man. Like it was just listening to his music when I was a kid growing up, and he was the first investor in my business. Wow. Yeah. So uh, you know, he and I are gonna do some things together, uh, Bevel Walker and Company, and all that. So yeah, we're flying out uh, on Wednesday to say what up to him. We were just hanging out with him last week too. He's a good dude. Man. That's cool. He's man. a good dude. That's cool, man. Is he gonna be the, he's gonna be the face of Bevel. Well, I mean, he's already been like supportive of of Bevel in a whole bunch of different ways, but there are other ways that you know, we feel we can work together, do some special stuff. How do podcasters get jobs in this diverse company of yours? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Give me that kickback. <laughs> Give me a Bevel tattoo on my neck. I'll turn this into a rap label. Yeah, man. <laughs> I gotta no. I gotta say though, man. Like you know, I'm. I'm saying this and it's also not to like kiss ass or anything like that but like I think the fact that you said like you just stop giving shit what people think about you is like an incredibly important point and the reason why I think I appreciate your podcast so much and why it surprises so many people is for that reason right mm -hmm. like it's not even shock factor type stuff it's like the man says what he says and like it is what it is and it's mm -hmm. up to you to interpret what he says as what you want right but it's almost as if like too many people are just way too timid and this is something that I had to deal with for like God, ever since I moved out to Silicon Valley up until about two, three years ago, just trying to make other people happy. Uh -huh. And it wasn't until like that flip happened where I just had to stop it's like giving a, a prison, shit. right? Yeah, man. It's, 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 <laughs> it's tough. It's, it's like tough. a prison, especially for me too. Cause like, there's a lot of things that I want to do in Silicon Valley to change things. Right. And there's a lot of folks who like look at me and other folks like who are kind of with me to do it. Uh, so a lot of folks look at it as like pressure. Right. And you want to make sure that you're saying the right things. You're not messing up. Right disappointing people you want to make sure that they're still proud of you um but i realized like i couldn't let that happen if i was worried about what other people wanted me to do for them <laughs> right um so keep doing what you're doing man like thank you man i, I respect it i appreciate yeah, that yeah. man i tell people every, every time i'll I, I be saying your name just randomly i'll be like yeah because tristan walker people be like who the fuck is that yeah, I'm exactly. like, Yo, <laughs> bevel man bevel yeah, yeah. 
keep keep doing that. The bevel guard. <laughs> I know the bevel. What are you about to do? I know the you about to put the bevels out in these barber shops, right? Man, we we're going crazy with it. So, um, yeah, bevel the shave system's been out eighteen months now. It's mm-hmm. going well. Now uh, we're gonna start selling in Target early next year. After eighteen months, man, I'm proud of the team for that. We're gonna launch a new product in about two months. We're gonna launch a whole new brand in in about six seven. Uh-huh. Um, so in the next year, you'll see probably like another ten to fifteen new products coming, and we only wow. had twenty people that would come to it. What's like one of the new products? I can't tell you that. You're <laughs> oh, trying man. to get me to leak. <laughs> yeah. So here, here's, I want here's, a WikiLeaks. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> here, here's the thing, right? So it, this is like the future of the business. Um, so I'll tell you the future of the business, then I'll give you a story, right? Which okay. kind of shows you Super. why I'm so proud of this shit. Um, so future of the business. If you think about it, there's nothing more unique in the world right than an individual's like physiological makeup right like the things that make you up are that's you right but there's nothing less unique in the world than the whole health and beauty products industry like it's crazy like why is it the fact that like my son has to use the same baby lotion as like another kid right when my son has eczema right he has allergies and all this stuff like it doesn't make any sense right mm-hmm. that's a problem so we want to fix that and we're going to kind of develop kind of sweets or brands and products and stuff to get at that mm-hmm. But the story that I want to share that gets to that a little bit more saliently, so I'm my one-year-old, right? It's the best thing that happened to me in my life. Uh, back in December of 2013, my wife had miscarried, right? I had no idea how profound an issue it was for women, right, on a percentage basis. I think some like 20% of pregnancies in a miscarriage or something like that. And for women of color, it's way higher, right? And there's very limited research to suggest why. Some people might say it's food intake, environmental impact. But now there's some compelling research that can draw a straight line between the types of relaxers women put in their hair and the prevalence of fibroids, right, which leads to potential infertility and miscarriage. Wow. Now, wow. This is crazy, right? Like, uh, hair straightening products actually affecting life? Doesn't oh make any God. sense, right? Mm-hmm. So you put those two things together, and it's like, man, someone needs to build something pretty special that's, like, respective or respectful of every individual's unique difference with health yeah. and beauty products, and we're going to do it. Wow, that, that shit amazing. was touching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> holy shit, that is incredible. Shit. Yeah. Like that just fucked me up. I was like, "They're doing what?" That's real, man. Like it's it's, um, and that's not to say like we're gonna make relaxes or whatever. Yeah, no, I know. But it's it's the principle. It's the principle that like all these companies have been complacent, man. And it's like yeah. you need companies like ours to really put them on watch. Wow. Yeah. How hands on are you, man? I, this, this is my baby, man. Like I'm, I work harder than anybody else on this. Fortunately, I have a team that works hard too. Uh-huh. My name's on the company, man. <laughs> like, right. you know, yeah, I gotta you work. I gotta work hard, man. This is my legacy. This is my mm-hmm. son's legacy. This is my wife's legacy, right? This is our team's legacy. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I want this thing to be around 150 years from now, and the only way for that to happen is for me to be involved with it, man. Like, I'm not anything I do, anything that I touch, I need to be involved in it. What time do you wake up in the morning? I wake up at 6 a.m. every single morning. Um. Well. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I go to the gym. Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, I'll kind of uh, wake my kid up and spend some time with him uh-huh. uh, before my wife goes to work. Um, each morning, I'll put my son in the car with my wife. She'll drive him off to daycare. Um, every day between 6.30 or 6 and 6.30, I'll leave the office, come home, uh, feed my kid, put him to bed every single night. That's what my routine. You, what do you eat for breakfast? Uh, I don't eat for breakfast. What? I haven't eaten breakfast since like two thousand four. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a good message. Yeah, I know. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah, I need to eat. <laughs> yeah, we don't eat breakfast. Yeah, much. man, it's terrible. Oh no, it's I terrible. Eat breakfast. There's no time. Meal. I know. Everybody tells me, man. <laughs> I need to you do need better. Your life really <laughs> sounds like a, a lifetime movie with no disasters. <laughs> like I take my I kid, I put her in the car, my wife goes to work. Someone to show up. Yeah, picket fence. Nah, none of that. None of that. Yep. <laughs> none of that. How's the nanny? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. No. You gotta uh, have a nanny. No, great. don't. I think you should have a manny. She's cool. <laughs> a manny? Yeah. Nope. No. Nah. Yeah. That's what I want. The, have one of the um. Have one of the kids down there from the bay. Watch your kid on the E forty nephews. <laughs> 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 You've been big in advertising and podcasting. Yeah. What made you choose this genre? Yeah, man. You just got to find where our customers are at. Like, they're mm. listening to you, right? They're listening mm-hmm. to Combat. Listen to Charlemagne. Listen to me. Um, and I'll never forget, like, when Chris reached out to us at uh, Loud Speaking Network, I was like, hell yeah. That's obvious, man. Like, we got to do it. And the, the great thing that I love about it 
is that like it's still a growing audience, right? You're still trying to find your audience, right? Um, it's a new platform. So mm-hmm. we've tried like regular radio before, just hasn't worked for us. Because uh, the thing that's like really compelling about what you guys do, you know, I could go listen to like a combat episode from like two years ago and still hear our ad, right? You know what I'm yeah. Um, or like, you know, people will hear kind of this conversation five years from now, right? Like exactly. that, that content lives forever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate it, man. Like, and I just want to go to where the culture is. Damn, that's true. I never thought about that, yo. Yeah. You really could go back, like, and yeah. it's still sitting there. Yeah. Damn, that's, yeah. I didn't, I really never thought of that. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've listened to whole archives of like, you know, combat is, archive mm-hmm. is long. I'm waiting for yours to get that long and I'll go back and listen to all of them. We're looking to get rid of Chris Morrow up here, man. Do you think you want to be the producer for Taxis? Nah, he's, he's the right guy, man. You sure? I'm, I'm positive. He's Tristan, the dude. man, you're a little blacker than him, man. He's the dude. You walk a little flyer, you know. Chris got some swag, though. Where's he at? Chris be wearing Joe it? Button vest some days. Joe Button vest? The jean jacket vest? <laughs> I went That's and comedy. looked that up after I heard you talk about it. Mm-hmm. I saw it with my own eyes. Oh, you seen it? <laughs> Joe yeah. Button. Yeah, you should have witnessed it. I'm surprised it. someone didn't make like a Twitter account called Joe Bunn's Vest after you. I happening. think they did. Yeah. Well, oh, really? no, nah, be that Wednesday. was before. Not, oh, okay. not, not that day. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was before. That's funny. I have a question. What do you do for fun? Like, That's do you go question. see movies or do you watch any yeah. TV? Okay. Um, so, so I have a very deliberate way how I live my life, right? Like, yeah. there are only three things that are important for me. Number one is my faith, my family, my work in that order. Right? Mm-hmm. That's it. Anything else outside of that is like distracting. Right. So what do I do to dumb it down? All my wife and I do is watch reality television. That's all. We do. Thank that's all God. We do. That's all we do. <laughs> wow, like, man. Sorry to hear that. Well, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so like you, you got to understand, like my life is very intense from like eight to six thirty. Right. <laughs> right. Like intense. Yeah. It sounds like from six. Yeah. Like, man. It's, sick. you know, and I love it. Like yeah. I love what I do. Right. Mm-hmm. But it takes a lot of focus um, and like empathy because I got to kind of manage my whole so when I get home, like, I don't want to talk about that shit at all, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And, like, my wife and I have rules, um, no laptops in the living room, we don't have TV in the room, bedroom, like, we, um, you know, when we watch the kind of reality television, like, we put our son to bed at 7, and it's just us, right? No email on my phone. Mm-hmm. If people need to contact me, they'll call me, right? Like, yeah. we are very deliberate in, like, uh, about how we kind of live that life. But, yeah, reality. Love and hip-hop. Shout out show? to Love and hip-hop. <laughs> that's the one i haven't watched yo listen. i haven't yeah i didn't watch your love and hip-hop for like two seasons yeah. and it just was on yeah. and i just started watching it's and crazy. like it's really crazy. the worst <laughs> hilarious it's, shit ever it's, like yeah, it's the I mean, best worst thing ever yeah. it, but I said, I haven't seen <laughs> it. i'm start. gonna watch it tonight. yeah i couldn't <laughs> fucking believe how entertained i was yeah, like yeah. i was like you'll catch right up yeah okay good <laughs> you'll catch right up have there been a ton of seasons Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, a lot seasons, of seasons. Right. Right. I'll binge, I'll binge, I'll get there. <laughs> you better get on Love and Hip Hop. Find you a rapper Uh-oh. or something. Okay. You see the game on Instagram <laughs> with, with his, his wee wee out every day. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with that. <laughs> oh my God! Let's take a break real fast. We've got a new sponsor on Tax Season today. A little internet company you might have heard of called Title. You might have heard me call it Tidal also. But it's called Tidal. Now, in case you need a refresher, Tidal is a global entertainment platform built for fans directly from artists around the world. Tidal members enjoy exclusively curated content that directly connect artists with their fans. Tidal aims to provide members with the best content exclusively, whether it's a new track, album, music video, film, live stream, interactive experience, or video series. But you probably already knew that. So let's get to what you might not know. Title has released a new video series, a stand-up comedy show hosted by DJ Cypher Sounds. It's called No Small Talk, and it's a hilarious blend of both comedy and music. Each episode is filmed at the Comedy Cellar in New York and will include three great comedians. Anyway, for now, you can catch amazing performers like Kareem Green, Omar Thompson, Lewis Katz, and more. There will be five episodes in No Small Talk series with the new episode released every Tuesday, and episodes are exclusive to Title subscribers. 
subscribers. Go to Title.com to watch the premiere episode of No Small Talk. Just for our listeners, Title is giving three months free membership so you can catch the entire series, stream, other exclusive content, listen to your favorite tracks, watch upcoming live streams, and get early access to live shows. Sign up for a three-month trial at Title.com slash No Small Talk and download the Title app to check out Cypher's show today. Yeah, so Foursquare, do you think, do you, do you, was Foursquare the start of you starting? Yeah, so, so here's, here's the deal with Foursquare. So I was one of the first people there, and I was still um, in business school at the time, right? So I was doing it my whole second year of business school. And the great thing about Foursquare is based in New York, but I was based on the West Coast, right? And where all the tech and the press and all that stuff happens, they would just send me to that stuff, right? Because they couldn't fly out all the time. So when it came down to like, kind of building a persona and like having people kind of know who I was or whatever. That was the best thing that could possibly happen to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm thankful for their even giving me the chance to like talk. <laughs> yeah. Cause I had no idea what I was talking about back then. Right. But I figured it out. But yeah, it was, it was the best, the so best what did thing. You, what did you do at four school? Yeah. So I ran all business development for them. Right. So I had to help I kind of get all brands on the platform. Right. So I took it from zero to tens of thousands, had to get kind of local merchants on the platform, help take us from zero to over a million. Right. Uh, and just continued to push. You know, I was one of the first people there, helped us kind of get to 150, right? Uh, it was a good time, man. It was just in three short years. Damn, man. Yeah, it's crazy. You're that dude, man. You well, like I mean, Bruce it wasn't Wayne It wasn't necessarily me. I, I was like, it was just good timing, man. Like, I'm, I'm the first person to tell you that, like, I appreciate good luck, uh-huh. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I mean, I've a, a lot of this is just my own personal faith, right? Like, and kind of getting to me to where I am. But, like, there's a little bit of luck sprinkled into that, too. Yeah. Uh, in addition to all the hard work and all that. But, man, like, I, it's good timing, good yeah. product, <laughs> good company, all that. Oprah says it's when hard work meets opportunity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, I, I think it's, it's true, but, like, I think people underestimate the opportunity part. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it, everything just aligned like i had no idea i was going to be a silicon valley ever i I legitimately thought i was going to be a single bachelor on wall street retired by the time i was 30 wow (laughs) right that was the Mm -hmm. vision Uh right didn't work out that way Mm -hmm. but like that was the vision i would have had no idea yeah sometimes man and like you're dealt certain cards and you got to make it happen fortunately you know i was dealt a full house right so like yeah i'm gonna win that hand (laughs) right Mm -hmm. so i just gotta keep (laughs) just keep going man just keep going Damn man, yeah. do you do you get women trying to flock towards you? Oh man, you trying to get me in trouble? No, I'm just asking you. I know you married with a woman. Well, family. I mean, I because I, I know it. Like, it let me happens. say, let me say, let me say no, mm-hmm. um, or at least not that I notice, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, you know, I just again, faith, family, work. Those are the only things that I care about, man. Like, so I'm not distracted by any of that. Other only stuff. thing you got time for? That's the only <laughs> yeah. thing I got time for, man. Like, and you know, <laughs> and. I would never put myself, my family, our legacy kind of in that position. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because, like, I've just seen how that's been compromised. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Never ends I refuse well. to let that happen. <laughs> it, it's never ended well. It never ended well. <laughs> it never ends Not well. Not once. Yeah, no one could ever keep up that lie for that long. That's what, it's <laughs> right? crazy because like, that's what I, I had the discussion with, like, the kids, like, on my block that I grew up on. I was like, yo, man, why y'all always want to be like the dudes that died yeah. in the neighborhood? Yeah. Like, these dudes died. Yeah. Like, they they... They had glory days sexy for two that, years, <laughs> year and a half, three years maybe, and then they dead. Yeah. Why do you want to be like him? Yeah. Like, why won't you follow in the footsteps yeah, of the man. person that, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, take that one step further, man. Like, love is beautiful, man. Like, mm-hmm. I've been married eight years, eight, yeah, eight years now, man. And it's like, it's the best thing to happen to me. And it was the most unexpected thing, right? Because I thought I was, and the way it worked, I always said I wanted to marry the person uh, that I met in college, right? I legitimately met my wife two weeks before graduation. A year later, we were engaged. <laughs> a year later, we were married, man. And, like, the the great thing about getting married so young, which a lot of kind of younger kids don't understand, is that, like, <laughs> it allowed us to mature into the marriage, right? Uh-huh. Um, and I think the one thing that I like to tell a lot of kind of younger folks, too, is, like, shit takes work. And, like, we by no means have a perfect marriage, but it's mm-hmm. as close to perfect as you can get, yeah. right? Yeah. But we understand that it's just never going to be perfect, right? We just need to work those things out. And we have such like a a relationship where I don't even have to talk and she knows what I'm thinking and vice versa. I just need that, right? Mm-hmm. So like, and kind of going back to your point, like no one wants to end up dead or they shouldn't want to end up dead, but mm-hmm. like they should also kind of want to seek this love thing, right? Because 
it's the only reason I'm able to do what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. I love wow, that. Man. I think it sets unrealistic wow. expectations, but I love it. <laughs> no, it's, it's not yeah, unrealistic man. at all. It, like, but this is the thing. I've not met a lot of guys like it, this. Not, no, it's, not, it's, it's not so unrealistic great. at all. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, man. Like, she, yeah, it's, it's, it's the perfect. That shit it is beautiful. It sounds like an urban yeah. legend is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, you know? He's really like, a well, lifetime I have movie. A friend, yeah. I have a friend who married his uh, college sweetheart, <laughs> never even thinks about another girl. You know? It's, well, it so the real. urban legend I mean, to me, though, is like that whole like foofy marriage, like let's go out and like kiss in public and like do oh, whatever. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think that's a thing, right? Like mm-hmm. that's not us by any stretch of the imagination, right? Like some days I would come home. You know, I put on that love and hip hop and I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody right now. <laughs> right? And like versa, right? Yeah. yeah, you just have your moments and like we just know when our moments are, right? Mm-hmm. And we know, you know, and we do the cliche stuff like don't argue before bed, all that stuff. Yeah. Right? But like it's a good rule. We just know how to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Because we've been at it for so long. Yeah. But those first three years, man, we're woo. You said you said <laughs> you said what y'all understand is that it's not gonna be perfect. And yeah, I think not. that's what everybody gotta like yeah. understand. It's not oh, yeah. and it's not even it's not even gonna be like seventy percent of the way there. Like you mm-hmm. gotta be okay with sixty. <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Right. I think too many people try and get to a hundred and that's when it always fails. Yeah. Yeah. It's impossible. It's impossible, right? So there's no reason to chase the impossible, right? I mean Doing a little bit better than 50 is amazing. Right. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Right? It's amazing. amazing. And that's not to say the relationship's 50-50, right? Because, like, she should ask for more than I do, right? Like, because she deserves that. But, like, when we actually do have those trials and tribulations, like, we get through it because it's, like, it's, it's chump change for us. Like, we've been there, done that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah. I, I want to get married. You should. I know. You should. I believe in love I'll again. I'll I won't get married. I, I seen a psychic. Tax, tax, you want it? I seen okay. a psychic yesterday. She told me. I, she told me I need to get married. She oh, told yeah. you you need to get married, she, or you she are told getting me married. married again. Did she give you a timeline? Uh, I didn't see. I ain't never planned to get married. Uh-huh. You know, I was a criminal for so long. Yeah. I thought that anything in law was wrong. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I was. I'm not marrying nobody. That's the law. I gotta yeah. go down to. The- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't I want to sign anything. Comedy. I want to do everything illegal <laughs> for the rest yeah. of my life. You That's know? Comedy. <laughs> well, the great thing about at least our marriage is that, like, yeah, you know, I never thought I was gonna get like I never expected it. It came out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and we just happened to be best friends, and it worked out. I so, think, and I think that's the another another thing that's the beauty. Like, I think a lot of women try to like force it upon you. Like, they just start talking about it the fourth day you meet them. Like, well, let me, let me be clear. She tried that. <laughs> Oh, she really? didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like she and it worked. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> it worked. So, ladies, keep trying. <laughs> right. <laughs> one day you'll find one that. Well, works she was just like me, man. Like she knows exactly what she wanted, and like she went after it, right? And, yeah. Like I'm thankful. I love for that. It. I'm thankful. I, your wife it. sounds mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, she's better than I am. <laughs> I can't tell you that much. Now she's the best. Mm-hmm. She's the best. Happy wife, happy life. That's right. It. Shout out to Miss Walker, no Sister doubt. Walker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I love that woman. No, nah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Like so, he doesn't know. Like I'm where, getting married now. Where did you guys get married? Uh, so we got married in Long Island, actually. Okay. Um, so fancy wedding. Uh, oh, man, I was broke. <laughs> <laughs> um, now nah, it was a nice wedding, man. We had like 150 people there. That's nice. Um, yeah, the story broke. 150 people. That's 150 plates. 150 dollars. Don't, don't, do don't, don't do that. Don't do that. That's, Let's do the math that's, on this, that's y'all. It's called debt. It's <laughs> <laughs> called debt. Yeah, man. It was it was nice, man. We um it was quick. It was a good turnaround. The the, the funny story is kind of how we met. I was in London on an internship my last semester in college, and um so that was when it was the Facebook. It was out, whatever. Uh, and uh, so her last name started with a T. Mine was W. So I was like right beneath her. This is a story that she tells me anyway. And she's like, I saw that, and I was like, all right. I need to talk to this dude. So she like poked me on Facebook. And I was like, poke? Whoa. <laughs> what is that? Amazing. Uh, so it was like, it was, Facebook was out for like six months at the time. Or yeah. like that. So I hit her back <laughs> and I'm about to embarrass myself and kind of embarrass her at the same time. But she tells all our friends this. And she's like, yeah, he didn't hit me back for like two weeks. And then once he hit me back, he asked, do you have a closer pick? <laughs> <laughs> And what happened after that, whatever, we became fast friends. You she know, had I was a in closer London by picture. Myself. She <laughs> had a closer picture. Uh, and we became fast friends, man. And we, like, best friends right before I graduated. Yeah. And you know, the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Nah, that they really need to make this a movie. Right? <laughs> if that was going to be the villain, <laughs> yeah, it got to be somebody. Be a conflict. Yeah, yeah. Something. it got to be somebody he went to college with trying to yeah. steal his idea. I, mean, I can see like I can see the Wall Street villain, you know, played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, maybe. You don't want it. <laughs> is, 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 has that ever happened? Has anyone ever tried to steal your ideas from you? All the time, man. They doing it now. They doing oh, it yeah? now. Yeah, doing it now. Trying to. Uh, Fortunately, like we, we're focused. We know exactly what we're doing. We b- believe that we're the best people in the world to do it. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something freeing and empowering in that. So, like, we're not scared by it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get all like even the ripoffs in China, right? People who like steal our designs and try and sell it. Uh, yeah, because they're very good at mimicking they're, things. They're really good. They're really good, but also really bad, right? Because mm-hmm. like when they try it, it just is not um, done well, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, but like you know, they got a billion people to market to. Like mm. right away, right? Uh, so we just need to kind of stay on our on our grind and just keep hustling. Are you trying to like sell in China and like other places like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, <laughs> Bevel right now is in 14 countries and we only sell domestically. Wow. Yeah, so we have people like South Africa, Paris, everywhere mm-hmm. who will buy in the U.S., use a forwarding service, right? So they'll get a, a U.S. address, mm-hmm. use a forwarding service and pay $70 in shipping every three months to get our product. Wow. It's crazy. Wow. And our Are product you... is ninety dollars every three months, right? <laughs> like so they pay almost the cost of the actual product for shipping alone just to get our stuff in. Right? Are you trying to keep production and everything domestic? Like everything in America? We like to more and more. Not yeah. all of it is domestic. I mean uh-huh. we um roughly probably half of our manufacturing is domestic. Uh one thing that um I'm probably gonna start to think about uh, uh, over the coming years is not only how we like diversify our team, but even our vendor base, right? Because like this is more than just um, kind of selling product, right? Like, I want to kind of bring wealth to the community mm-hmm. as a whole, right? Like, how do I get everybody to share in this shit, right? As vendors we work with, partners we work with, employees we have, like ourselves, right? That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So the more and more I can kind of unwind it in that regard, the better. So it's less about kind of domestic versus international and more how do I actually not only have consumers that are people of color, vendors that are people of color, employees that are people of color, et cetera, and just make it a whole ecosystem, you know? Mm-hmm. Sounds like a lot of it's, work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> I like work, you know, because yeah. what I have realized is that if you do work hard, you can make a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really I mean, can. It is, man. And it's, um, you know, too few folks realize that. Mm-hmm. Too few people realize it. And, like, you know, you just got to ask that why that sixth time. Just Don't realize it too time. late. That's it. Would you say that's, like, the number one piece of advice you'd give to people who are asking you? Like, someone comes up to you and they're like, hey. Can I pick your brain over yeah, coffee? And yeah. you have a free day. So you say, okay. Is that the question they're asking? So I, I tell people, I give people a, a few bits of advice. The, the first one is the Tyler Perry thing I told you guys earlier. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Another bit of advice I heard from um, a dude who was on Wall Street. Uh, his name was Bill Lighton. He was at Lehman Brothers. He was the most senior black dude at Lehman Brothers for a while. Right. And I was 20 years old. I walk in his office. He's like, Tristan, I have the secret to life. Sit down. Right. So I'm like, all right, entertain me. Tell me what you got. So he's like, Tristan, you want to spend the first 30 of your life learning, right? You want to spend the second 30 of your life earning. You want to spend the last third returning, right? Now, here's a guy. He left Yale when he was 20, made all this money on Wall Street. The day he turned 40, he left. Like, he could have kept making more money, but he was like, I just want to do the philanthropic thing. And the reason he put in that order, he was like, too many people try and put the return thing before the earn thing, so they can't really scale their impact, right? But if you're a billionaire, you can give away all that money and, like, help a lot more people. Yeah. Um, so when I think about this now, it's like, all right, now I'm Silicon Valley. How do I shorten the earning window so I can maximize the return window? Right. And it's important. The reason I give that advice all the time is because people see like the wealth in Silicon Valley and all that stuff without understanding like the end. Right. Uh-huh. They get the means, but like, what's the end? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your end game? Yeah. Right? And for me, you know, I think there's something pretty special about like just fundamentally changing the way that people of color interact with. Right. And mm-hmm. I dedicate every day of my life to this. And I have a not for profit that speaks to this, too. Um, but specifically, how do I convince the greatest consumer demographic in the world? Us. Right. To be the best producer demographic in the world. That, to me, is the biggest economic opportunity in my lifetime. Period. Period. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so as long as I can kind of teach folks like, you know, you got to give back. You got to give back. Yeah. But earn first. Like, it's OK. Right. You don't got to be. I always tell people yeah. you got to help yourself sometimes before you yeah, can help that's, others. That's, that's real. That's exactly right. Got to have some sort of that's sense exactly of selfishness right. in order. To and it, it, it sounds a bit like um, 
like you shouldn't be given that advice, right? Because like people like are benevolent, like they want to return, right? Like they should, uh-huh. right? But like earnings, okay, yeah. <laughs> if your end is to actually get to the the returns. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Not gonna work. I definitely agree, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 I definitely agree. Because yeah. I remember when I was younger, doing stuff like that, always helping people out. Yeah, and I'd be broke. I'd be like, Yo, I'm broke. I done helped all these people out. But you know, sometimes you just I'm a giving person. I don't really like to. Say no, I guess. Uh-huh. It's probably a gift well, and a curse. But your blessings come back, man. Like, look, you're you're doing yeah. your thing now, man. I, like, I, I always coming. think about stuff like that. Yeah. I always think about I always think about all the good that I ever did is coming back mm-hmm. now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I've I've done a lot of bad, but I've done a lot of good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I will say that I think there is a lot of value to being a yes person in being open to opportunities or open to things in life that you may have otherwise been closed off to mm-hmm. because you never know where it will lead. Yeah, it's true. I do think that saying no is a very important thing as well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think it's okay to say yes to yeah. things. Must. Yeah. Must. yeah. You gotta be, just gotta, you know, some people's morals is different. Like I'm not a, I'm not too much of a shock. Like yeah, I won't, yeah. you know, yeah. I always gotta be lenient a little bit. Uh-huh. Like, you know what I mean? I can't really. Well, you just gotta know how far you're willing to go, man. Like I think it's less a morals thing and just more a, a values thing, right? Like here's where I know I play in my lane, right? And I think too many people try and play outside that lane and get themselves into trouble, right? Yeah. Where it's like, if I'm the guy who's like the guy for this and you're asking me help for it, like I owe you that help. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like that's my return because I know I'll get that karma back, right? Yeah. Uh, in spades, hopefully. That's probably more my faith talking than anything else, most likely. You know? Damn, man. Tristan yeah. Walker, man. This is a dope ass interview. That's fine, man. <laughs> the devil God. I feel inspired. Me too. Yeah, I I'm not inspired. I want to start my own business. <laughs> I do. You should. I want. I want to. I want to start my own tech startup. Yep. Cause you know, I, I love techs when I was a child. Tech nines, um, <laughs> things of that nature. <laughs> and uh, I want to do positive things in the tech world. <laughs> I was like, "Where's this dude going?" Yep. <laughs> oh, that's comedy. Nah, but um, nah, I'm serious though. Somebody hit me about it. They be emailing me mad with stuff. I don't trust stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Somebody emailed me like, yeah, I have this new app. And da, 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 da. and I was like, no, bro. Uh-huh. No, I just don't know what nothing's on. I'm so scared of the internet these days. People be hacking people. It's all types of weird stuff. Like, you oh. know what I mean? So I just be scared. I remember Charlemagne said, yeah, I won't. I, I ain't hitting no link on Twitter. You, <laughs> you get hacked. I'm like, yeah. Word, man, you get hacked like That's that. funny. If you, let's say it was 20 years ago, right? Yeah. And you had to look forward like 20 years from now what do you think you would have been doing? Like, if you can be doing anything right now. What do I think I would be doing? Like, what, what, would, what I would like it to be doing? Both. Both? <laughs> both? Yeah. Um, I thought I'd have been dead. Thought I'd been dead. Uh-huh. Definitely. Definitely thought I'd have been dead. Um, Where I would wanted to be. I don't know. I want probably doing what I'm doing now. Oh, interesting. Because I always was in the, you know, music, always in the, like, you know what I mean, the the entertainment industry, you know yeah. what I mean, always being funny, stuff like that. Yeah. So I always lean towards that anyway. So it kind of worked out. I always tell people, my 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 um my seventh grade teacher, Mr. Leshin, used to always say, Campbell, you need to go on the radio. You got a radio voice. <laughs> and I never knew what it meant until I, like, actually went to jail and started listening to radio all the time, uh, and I'm hearing different radio personalities from different places, and I'm like, I see what he means. I have a deep voice, like yeah. a deep, defining voice. And yeah. like, Character. Yeah, and like, actually, and now I'm here. Has it gotten easier <laughs> for you? Hmm? Has it gotten easier for you? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you know, I catch on fast, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a, like, I get a little nervous, like, with, with, with stuff that I wouldn't, that other people probably won't get nervous yeah, with, and the yeah, stuff that yeah. people do get nervous when I don't yeah. you know what I mean so it's like weird but it's like I adjusted well yeah I that's like crazy it. like you don't so the stuff that you don't feel nervous about is the stuff that's like shock value to other people but yeah. the things that other people don't feel like a shock value you get nervous by. Exactly. Like, that's weird yeah it's strange that's exactly like yeah. the, it could be the craziest stuff that somebody's not willing to do and I yeah. just go and do it well how but, you fix that then I don't know yeah it's crazy what's like a thing that (laughs) that other people wouldn't be nervous about that you are nervous about i don't know like i don't i don't know the craziest thing like say like i I don't know let's say um let's say peeing outside like somebody (laughs) would look somebody might oh totally somebody might look for the most discreet place and i'm a 
I'm gonna just go right between the car right here on Broadway <laughs> and just do it because I'm a, I'm one of them people that feel like you know you only think you're thinking people are looking at you. Yeah, people probably not even paying no mind to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> not at me. I feel like I'd see. So I just I just I just do things fast. Like oh, I'm gonna just do it. You yeah, know what I mean? Somebody yeah. else would be like, no, you're not supposed to do it like that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I, I just do it. It's just weird stuff. Like yeah. I don't know. Like I don't know. Like I can't steal. I could never steal. Oh. Like, I could never steal. Yeah. But I would go outside and rob people. Wow. Oh. You know what I mean? Wow. It was crazy. But I just couldn't steal. Yeah. It was just. That's so interesting. I'm so afraid of stealing. I think it was. I think I was afraid of getting caught and getting put on that picture on the wall mm-hmm. that said that you got. You know what I mean? Like in the hood, they used to have dudes up with steaks. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like two pork chops. So I was like, that's the type of stuff that I was like, nah, man. Oh, man. I can't steal. So, but. And is this like the thing that you were like, yeah, I'm going to do this for as long as it can ride? Yeah, I just, I liked it. You know, I listened to, I started listening to Kid Fury doing the read, yeah. listening to his podcast. And I'm like, yo, this shit is funny. Like, this yeah. motherfucker's funny as hell. And he kept telling me like, yo, tax man, you need to do a podcast. So I was like, yo, I'm going to get into it. You know what I mean? And then I started really like looking into it. And I'm like, yo, I'm interested. And I just get jumped into it. Yeah. I kept hitting Chris. I'm like, Chris, what's up? What's up, Chris? <laughs> What's up, Chris? Chris tried to shake me. I had to chase him down one day. <laughs> the up, and then we was cool ever since. Yeah, man. <laughs> Tristan, have you ever stolen anything? Probably. probably. <laughs> yeah, like when I was younger, probably. Hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was a bit devious when I was younger. Um, you robbed someone. Now I'm just like scared of everything. Man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. Sure? I'm too well, scared I'm, for that. I can't believe stealing is too much. Well, it's, it's just for me, it's like getting caught now. It's like the pie on my face yeah right like being away from my family yeah, yeah. right like disappointing my employees like i i can't live with that you know i didn't understand any of that before i always yeah. tell people that i didn't understand how other people would feel yeah. when you do stuff well that's like, that's like, the beauty in this marriage thing right because uh-huh. like you know, i tell people the first two years for us was the hardest and it was because it was the first time i had to think about things for two people mm right yeah but it was the best thing that happened to me it made me a lot more selfless right like and yeah. all that but like i was a wild boy back then right and it was hard mm-hmm. so I, I totally feel that sounds so hard totally i love hard. being selfish <laughs> I love it. it's so nice it's so nice <laughs> I convenient ever i want <laughs> it's gonna be so hard to give that up someday That's comedy. <laughs> no, i love y'all man that's tax season with tristan walker danny mop danny mop Danny Mop, my Twitter. friend D Money. Her name is Danny Mop on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. You can also follow Tristan Walker on Twitter. Yes, sir. Also follow Bevel. Getbevel.com. Getbevel.com. Make sure you go get yourself a razor three. You know what I mean? Six. Yeah, look sharp. Look no sharp doubt. for your ladies. Yeah, and don't have that messy crunch. I like that you. line. I might use it. Take it. <laughs> yeah, I need I to charge you. Too late. I know your <laughs> I know a big account of your network. <laughs> um, I will be invoicing you. <laughs> All right, let's go. Tax season. This episode of Tax Season featuring Tax Stone is produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by Chris Morrow, and engineered by none other than Samir Karam.